Welcome back. So, Barry, this weekend, Usyk versus Chisora. It seems like it's been a long time in the making. They've been talking about this fight for about 18 months now, haven't they? It's crazy, isn't it? It's just mad. It's, it, yeah, it's weird, isn't it? You just think, just... It's just been like a pause. Obviously, it's a pandemic. It's just been like a pause button. All of a sudden, you're going like, haven't that happened yet? Mm. Something you feel like it's happened, haven't it? No, like, oh, yeah, he won that, didn't he? Yeah, I remember that fight. I know that haven't happened yet. <laughs> <laughs> it's been 12 months today since Derek Chisora last box. Now, I don't think that that's necessarily been discussed. The fact that Derek is, you know, we, we all know what Derek is about and we all know what he brings to the ring. But he's also no spring chicken. He's had some hard fights, even in some of his victories. He's had tough fights. Uh, Carlos Takam fight, he jumps out for that. And he's now, you know, approaching 40s at the end of his career. year out of the ring is not ideal at this stage for him. It's, it's not, but, I, you know... I don't think that I don't think it's going to be a factor for this fight. I think this this is not the, maybe the hardest create, fight of his career. He has some tough ones, but this this is mentally the most challenging for me for him. Like, I'm not going to do what I did with Lomachenko and Lopez. I just can't see how he can win. But <laughs> yeah, it's it's a difficult one. This is going to be for him. So and by looking at looking at things you see, it looks like he's he's trying all different avenues to get ready for this fight and. Yeah, and he's got David Hay now with him, who, you know, who's sort of a modern technique kind of trainer, isn't he? So yeah, I think I think he'd be as ready as he could be, to be honest. And this is his big last push at this level, let's be honest. How much do you think, that, I mean, I've not been to any lockdown boxing, so I can't really comment, um, but what's it going to be like on fight now? Obviously, we're used to having Derek Chisora sold out, oh, two, oh, Derek Chisora, all of that business. Not going to have that this time. Now, we've no. seen him boxing kind of a ballroom in Monte Carlo and the performance that he gave there. Is that a worry, do you think? It can, it can have an effect. It, more more than him, and than I think more for him than the music, because when they're world-class amateurs, they box in empty arenas anyway until they get the finals and competitions. So it'll, it'll be different for Derek because he's used to be having full crowds for a long time now. But I, I, I just feel, I don't know Derek as all personally, but just feel his character is a guy who just doesn't give a shit about anything. Until he does. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm. he says, no, I, I carry on. I think he's, he, so I think he'll adapt. I think he'll adapt quite easily, to be honest. I, I think it'll just be down to who's the best on the night. I, that's, that's what I think. I think it's, this is one of those fights where I don't think the crowd have an effect because there's no crowd. Having a lack of crowd will have an effect or the or even the, the timeout will have an effect. I just think it'll be genuinely, no, no excuses who, who, who performs on the night. Now, we saw it, obviously, in the Lomachenko-Lopez fight. Lopez going out and you know, two, four completely different fighters, but there are some similarities in the matchup. Um, came out, hurt Lomachenko early, was able to kind of gain his respect, or it certainly looked that way. How important is it for Derek Chisora to land something early on Alexander Usyk, particularly if he is having those couple of rounds where he likes to have a look? I, th I think it's, a, it's, it's really important, and I, I'm not so much about the punches, it's to show that physical strength. Like literally, so like if he throws a shot and and, he, and, he, and if he can get close, you got to be pushing him back, and that that's that if that weight's a natural weight because who's it will be heavy as he can be and he'll put on a bit more bulk and he'll be stronger than he was than we've seen him previously. I'm pretty sure of that, but it's a different strength, a natural strength. You can't compete against it, so I think that's what he needs to show, Derek. He needs to get inside and he needs to be rough against a guy who's technically better. You always want to wrestle him rough. The the weight of the shot will be important. But I always worry about after he throws a punch with Derek because he leaves gaps 
and he falls with the front foot and that right hand is so that's the shot for him to be he got a good left hook but the right hand's the shot that that gets him out of the way and puts him in trouble it's so easy to read for a smaller guy actually because you know he's, he's a little bit faster if you've got fast feet it's easy to read you get in and out easy if you make a miss he's, he's over the front foot and, and he's it's sort of a, a free target if you like one of the things that David Hay says, um, I actually had a conversation with David Hay about Alexander Usyk in Vegas last year. And it was off the record, so we won't go too much into detail, but he was very, very complimentary over Alexander Usyk at the time. And this was kind of pre the Chisora. I think the Chisora, Chisora was looking to fight Joseph Parker at the time, I believe. But David Hay was under no illusions at the time about just how great a fighter Alexander Usyk was. And he said that for him moving up from cruiserweight, David Hay moving up from cruiserweight, and what he would see from Usyk moving up from cruiserweight is the speed difference. And not necessarily his speed, but the speed of what's coming back at him. And obviously you've mentioned about Derek Chisora. You know, he does throw wide shots. He doesn't turn the right hand over. He does leave gaps. I think that the, the speed of Derek Chisora or the lack of speed of Derek Chisora is going to be the determining factor in this yeah, fight. I, I think, you know, Difference with, with obviously with Usyk and Hayes, Hay had that massive punch mm. and he brought it with him. But Usyk's a ten times million better boxer than David Hay. David Hay could box, but no, not that's mm. not at this level. Let's be honest. But also he ten times hit the head ten times harder than, than Usyk as well. Ugun punches weight, mm. but punching it, I mean, could punch hard, but not like the explosive puncher that Hay was. Yeah, and but uh, but. He chips away at you, mm. I think that's another one. He makes you the longer check, he makes you work hard even when you're not working, and that's that's the difference. That's what he did to, to Tony Bellux quite quite comfortable. And I I just think that stylistically this this is a good fight for Uzik. Except for the the strength and the weight, the unknowns, the unknowns, and we're not sure if he's gonna cope with this, the physical size and, and the weight of the shot. for the style wise, he's made for Uzik. If this if this was cruiserweight and Jura had the same style then this is not even a fair fight. That's so. That's how I look at it. It's only the, the actual, the, the, the physical size that makes it a little bit more intriguing. So again, it's all down to how he reacts when Chisora hits him, if Chisora if can hit him. Now, Usyk's not that elusive. I think he rides a lot of shots, but he blocks a lot of yeah, shots. he catches he, a lot. And, but he fires back with mm. it. I think, you know, if, if, when Chisora throws a shot, if, if Usyk can hit him straight away, he can block and hit with the same hand, you know, if there's enough weight behind that and Chisora, it makes Chisora think, oh, I didn't like that. Well, is brave and Jordan will just keep going will fire him back of course but yeah I, I, I again I said this the last week I can't see nothing but a music win unless Chisora blasts him out to there but uh, the thing with Chisora I've seen him in some awful fights and I've seen him in some fantastic fights so which one turns up the, as erratic as the man we see in the press conferences and, and out and about on social media I think that's he's still the same in the ring that you know, he could turn up and be really, really surprise you and show loads of courage and determination and skill we never seen before. You no, know, and and sometimes he turns up and just thinks like he don't want to be there. You know what I mean? Well, the other thing I like about Chisora is he is who he is. I don't quite like who he is. I don't dislike as a person. I don't the 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 public persona that we see of him is not my cup of tea. Maybe, mm. but I admire that's who he is though. You don't try and pretend to be someone else. I think he's genuinely a, a bit of a lunatic. And I sort of like that. I don't mm. like that, but I like that he don't pretend to be someone. No, people just act like, act like, they act like someone who off, on camera, then off camera, they're totally someone different. 
I think he's generally who he is. This is who I am. And if people don't like me, they don't like me. If they like me, they're great, but I don't care. It's sort of like the anti-hero, isn't it? Yeah, but yeah. I am who I am. And, and you take it, you don't take it. But I, I'm not changing for nobody. And I admire that, even if I don't really particularly like it. And I think that's him. So he could just turn up and not fancy it. That's the, that's the worry with him. I think that's the worry with a promoter with him. You could, you could just turn up and think, I don't want to know. Like he did against against Fury. Fury, the second fight. Oh, the second Fury Fury was brilliant, well, yeah. by the way. But he just didn't want to know. After I think after a couple of rounds, you see George just thinking, ah, oh, I just get, he's just, I can't get near this kid. I, I just don't want to be here. He almost Durandus, like, I don't want to, don't care. And then other times, you've just seen him just go, I, don't, I will walk through a wall to get to you. An attack ham fight, he took some absolute, he took stick for seven rounds, really. Yeah. The first round in that fight was a real hard watch. I remember Takam had him in the corner in the first round. It looked like potentially the fight could go in the first round, but he, again, had that on, that head on that night that he wanted to, you know, war and walk through fire and, and walk through anybody. What would surprise you more, a win for Derek Chisora or what we just saw from Teofimo Lopez? <sighs> a win for Chisora, I think. Yeah, I think he's that much of an underdog, which makes it even greater for him. You know, I, it's weird, see, because I, I sort of not the one him to win. I don't dislike him or, or, or not like him or dislike him, and he's British, so I should go for him. But boxing, because boxing is very much a personal sport, I almost sometimes think that nationalities shouldn't really have an effect. And if Uzik's one of my favorite current fighters, so I half want to see where he goes. So I sort of wanted to see, wanted to do a good job on Chisora to get him in one of the bigger boys. See what he's like against against um, Josh. I like to see mm. him against Joshua actually because I think that's I think he'd have a better chance with Josh than, than he would with Fury because mm. the size wise. But also Joshua could blast him out there as mm. well. But I think it's a really intriguing fight. So, so I want, wouldn't mind seeing that and see if he can be that that good. But also some, a little bit of me would think wouldn't it be just great if all of a sudden Chisora again again. A man who's been recycled for the last ten years, and he has, and rightly so, because he's he's not just no, the heavy. I, I said this before. I've said it all for years. You can recycle a heavyweight till his legs fall off. I mean, even the ones who are bad they just keep coming back, and they get paydays and paydays and paydays because that's that's just the division it is, the way it is. But he's been recycled, and sort of come back better, and and keep and every, everything he's out on his feet, he comes back with a good win. Or when he loses, like Dillian White, the second fight, which he's winning. And just gets caught, you know. So he he, he almost don't lose, even though he lost, because he's showing against a guy. Everyone's talking about should 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 have boxed for a world title, and he was beating that guy until he got tagged. I mean, right to the end of the fight, almost mm. pretty as well. He, so, was, he was beating him even with the point deductions. There was yeah. two two point deductions. Exactly, in the fight, yeah. and I'll say Chisora cannot box you. Does that say more about Dillian White or say more about Chisora has, has adapted his game as he's got older, and how much much more he's learned? I still go back to all that. that as much as he learned, he still slaps with that right yeah, hand. That right hand's, some, yeah. that right hand's a real weapon for him, and he, and, he, and it's heavy. But if he could turn his hand over, but he can't, because if if, that, if Don Charles could get him to do it, you know, and I saw Steve Broughton always is that Steve Broughton's in his corner. Yeah. He's probably trying to do it, but sometimes you are what you are. Mm. But I can't. I I just think for me, I think I think Uzik is very cautious. Fires like that southpaw jab, uses the footwork, and makes Jazora miss. And picks him away, and I, I, I'm going for for Uzik stoppage. I late. agree with you. Late. I think that has to be late. somewhere between rounds nine and twelve. I think that he will get to him. Also, we've seen Chisora struggle in the past with southpaws. 
um, who have not been anywhere near the caliber of Alexander Usyk. So I think that is going to be interesting to see because I think as much as we we've seen this recycled version of Derek Chisora as War Chisora, I don't think the the feet necessarily lie. I still think his 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 legs have definitely lost. And you know he was never you know, Jersey Joe Walcott on his feet anyway, no, but yeah. he was. But the the kind of he had a little bit of a bump, a yeah, bump sort of he was, explosion on the Joe Frazier. So yeah. he was he had the intensity of coming in and kind of smoking on the way in, sort of thing. But, doesn't really have that anymore, I don't think. But even that, he jumps in against you. No, if Usyk can see it, that's the thing. I think he's readable. Mm. I think the Usyk's advantage is with the heavyweight is that he can see everything be slower, slower yeah, for exactly, him. So he's, yeah. even though he's under more da- in more danger when he's in range, he can see more. So if he stays nice, if he can stay nice and calm, and still have that control and that confidence, he sees Zazora tip down. That jump, into, that jump into the left hook, which can be ineffective. We'll just be so easy. He'll just be thinking, oh, I know where you're coming. I, I can see it. No. So I'll give you I'll give you, I'll give give you, you a target to hit and then I'm just going to take a little step, a little move back and I'm going to go bam, bam, bam. Or oh, left hand, this is the Bang, bang, bang. I'm going to mm. triple up with the left hand and you're just going to have to eat him because you're going to be off your feet, off balance. I sort of think either oh, Chisora just gasses out late because he's trying so hard to close the gap and he hasn't been able to and missing. When you throw punches, missing takes much more energy because you're missing and so you're hitting fresh air there's no that's mental stimulation not there as well for a start and you've got to bring it all the way back and doing that for a big guy for little guys have for a big guy it's exhausting and as the rounds go on that tells it and the rounds go on and Usyk is picking the pace up each round going yeah. as well you're it, going one way and he's going the other and that's why like you, like you sort of mentioned anyway that having success early in the fight can give you that stimulation you know you can do it now I can just mm. gotta, I've, 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 no, I've seen a route to success so to get on the road and I would just try and rough him up get close and anything from biting him to pulling his hair to, you know, to poking your thumb in his like you can't all, all mm. this modern technique that, all this equipment no you can't do all that stuff you can't even foul a fighter properly no, no, I did any of this I was like the real <laughs> I was like oh, don't touch me but you know, I think he really unsettles the better boxer the technically guy you've got to get him out of his mindset and try and get him ruffled and try and get him to I, I boxed a kid who was nowhere near as good as me. I dropped in twice with left hook to the body as an amateur, two left hooks to the body in the first round, and he kissed me, and my head went. <laughs> why did he kiss you? Why did? Why? Why, why didn't he? Why? Why? Why shouldn't he? Because because he's on his way. He's finished. He's done. One more left hook to the body, and he's done. And we got in close, and I've gone for the kill, not the kill. I've gone for the finish, and as I got, and he's got close, and he kissed me, and I'm like sixteen, and he's like nineteen, and my head went. And I tried to, and I, then I tried to take it, and I'm trying to finish him like nothing before. Then I'm swinging shots like a lunatic, and it goes the distance. I said, I win the fight clearly, but he survived. He got me up, he, he, he messed with my brain, he messed with my head. You know, he, he got, I, I, was, I, was, I was really controlled, like very you know, precision, perfect. Boom, bam, boom, bam. He's done. All of a sudden, now I'm all over the place. And, and that's what you're sort of trying to do to Uzik. Get him up with that, that real, no, not that real robotic mindset of this is what I'm going to do. You do that. Oop, I'm going to do this. Bang, you pay for that. Make you miss, pay for that. Make him think, what are you doing? What? Referee just put me in the eye, stood on my foot, headbutted me. Anything you can do. Mm-hmm. I think I think I think as rough as he can possibly be, the better. It's got form for it, Derek. It's not. It wouldn't be the first fighter he's kissed. <laughs> or spat at or whatever yeah. what's yeah. on tables at yeah or, he's, or, 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 he's yeah. slapped Pulev I think um, who was it I was talking to somebody and they were telling me about I think it was yeah it was uh, Callis Owland was telling me about when he promoted Derek Chisora and he went over and they boxed Pulev and um, he slapped 
no, he's re- he grabbed Pulev at the weigh-in. It wasn't he slapped Vitali, but he grabbed Pulev at the weigh-in, and he said that he ended up being chased. So. Chisora ended up chasing some of Pulev's team through the kitchen <laughs> of the hotel, and then he had the rest of Chisora, uh, Pulev's team, who were apparently the the not so nice members of Pulev's team, chasing Chisora through the kitchen. Sounds like something that you would see on the TV. But yeah, he certainly does have form for um, for ruffling a few feathers, uh, Chisora, and I think he will definitely need to because you know. And, but even within the rules of the game, you can still do stuff. And I think getting close and showing that physical, all this stuff we're talking about, but this, if you can get close, make him feel the power, hit him anywhere, make him feel, oh, this is different. And and get close and make that physical strength and try and tire Uzik out by your weight, using your weight. If he can do that and slow down Uzik's movements, then maybe he has a chance. But without slowing down his, unless, other than that, it's just catching him with a big shot. That's all, and that's that's all I can see, and that's why people, some people are going for Chisora because they think if you catch him with a big shot, he's gone. But I don't know if Chisora is this KO artist. He's heavy-handed; he can knock you out, and I think he's shown that. No, stopped Carlos Takam. I mean, he he stopped um, Arta Spilka, but Arta Spilka's seen better days, and Arta Spilka again, not on the same level as an Alexander Usyk, another small-ish heavyweight. Didn't stop Sanagashi. He sort of feels like he clips you to, yeah. to submission more mm. than anything. And I think that's just a, a bit of lack in technique with Chisora, that's all. Mm. Again, it's so many you know, so many things he could have done. We talked about this before about tra- trainers, you know, one being as good as your, as your fighter. Could you think he could be so... Because of, of his mindset and how, how, how tough he is, to hone some of those skills, he'd be so much better. But you've had some good trainers, so some people just only do what they do. And you've got and, and and he is what he is now. He's not going to change his style in any shape or form. He can do this a little bit faster or that a little bit neater, but really he is what he is. So yeah, but 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 anyway, all that I'm, I'm putting around the same thing. I think Uzik wins it, and I think Chisora either gets caught with a great shot late or just exhaustion, and and yeah, and he maybe sits it sits it out. Let's talk about the rest of the card. Uh, a lot of criticism around the card being a pay-per-view show. Um, obviously, we've seen Daniel DeBoer, Joe Joyce go on regular BT recently. We saw Lomachenko Lopez on ESPN recently. Um, pay-per-view show for you? See, pay-per-view show, it's not a pay-per-view show. It's the pay-per-view fight. Like the show... No, it's, it's kind of, the, again, the conundrum uh, uh, that you get uh, into. Until, until the promoter says it's a pay-per-view show. So it's, it's, it suits the promoter's narrative. That's what happens, or, or the TV company's narrative. So they say it's a pay-per-view fight, which that is, because they want money. See, for me, a pay-per-view fight is when, when the fighters get paid so much money that in, the only way they can generate it is by pay-per-view. I think now that's changed now. I think they've gone, oh, people are paid for this, so we'll get it. Mm. The fighters get, maybe shouldn't get that much sometimes. I don't want fighters not to get less money, but if, if, they, if, they, if they could get two million less, say they're getting five million each, but they could get two million each and we could watch it for free. Then they should get two million each. We should watch it for free. Because we pay subscription anyway. We, we none of us have got any money. No, and they're still earning good money. But it's three million less. I understand mm. that. But no, we're also, you know, we're, we're, how much do we how much shit do we gotta eat? You know what I mean? We all gotta pay too much money, but that's just the way it is, of course. But it's the pay per view fight. So they 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 need that much much money to fight each other. We wanna see it. So to generate that, I've got to go pay-per-view. So the undercard's almost irrelevant. That's just for boxing fans. 
you learn the cad. It's not for it's not for the, the rest of people. Event people. fans, which is what the others are, really. It's exactly, and mm. and and to be honest, that's that's probably the biggest market. Oh, for, for sure, DC. but much bigger. Like this is again not something that me and you, not necessarily you, but certainly I have to realise sometimes. Eddie Hearn likes to say it to me that I live in a bubble where it's just boxing. Yeah, it's just boxing, boxing, boxing. And us as as guys who you know, work in the sport or, or or cover the sport on a daily basis, you forget that sometimes. Yeah. So so I don't see it. So. So uh, Warren put a, a, a Frank Warren put a promotion on years ago on Sky. Uh, I think it was. It was a Mag magnificent seven. Mm, so it was seven fights, but not one of them was pay per view on its own. But the whole card was pay per view, I guess, because the, the amount of money they all earned. I guess that was it. I get you know, unless they're paying in penis and they just did the whole quality fights. That's what we don't want to see. Just because the quality fight, like Lomachenko and Lopez, Lomachenko and Campbell, was a quality fight. But was that pay per view? They probably you know, financially probably could have paid them. And never mm. put it on Sky. Maybe, no. I mean, go by what you what you're told me. I did an interview with Eddie a couple of weeks ago, and he said that that was the worst performing pay per view that they did. Regis Proge and Josh Taylor. And Josh Taylor. Two on the, paper fantastic fights, forget, but to for, boxing fans. Forget about that. That I think was all, their purses already guaranteed by the the WBSS, or, yeah. by the organisation who were putting it on. So that was just a money grabbing scheme from from the TV company, I guess. I guess, but that was a quality fight. Which, but they didn't need to go on pay per view. That should have been free to air, on on on, on not free to air. You pay a subscription, of course, and so and that and that's the way I look. That's the way I see it. That's the way I see it. And it's only when the fighters get paid too much money. This fight got their heavyweights and they get paid silly money. Has to go pay per view. I think all heavy all decent heavyweight fights now will be pay per view forever. Joyce Dubois is a massive exception. I can't believe I still can't believe what they're doing. Mm. Someone's taking a hit. Someone, uh, uh, either either quite a few people are taking something of a hit, or and somebody's not, taking it, a massive and, hit. And I'd be shocked if it's the promoter taking a huge hit. I'm not mm. saying they should. You know, I think. But let me say about promoters. For people who are going about promoters, and they you know, and and they don't know they don't fight. Blah 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 blah. But they put their money up. Well, it's say some fighters like like you moan about this. You put all your money up. You promote yourself. You get all the profit, but also you risk the loss. As well, it's not as easy as no. Everyone thinks that all these jobs are easy, like you know, Eddie Barry Hearn, because because uh, Eddie Hearn Barry was his dad, so he just walks into a job, he starts to work hard for it. Frank Warren still got to put his money up where his mouth is, no, and and hope money comes back. They're clever men, and throughout the history they have, and they take more of the pie than they maybe they they deserve or they should, but it's their money. Like if you work, if you're an electrician, you work for a guy, you do all the work for him. He still pays you your wage and he gets all the profit, whatever it is. He don't say, oh, here's extra money because I got like an extra 10 grand for the job. He takes like, 10 grand no, and you still get your 600 pound a week or whatever you're getting. You know what I mean? Mm. That's that's life. Mm. So it is in every form of life. So, and that's the same with boxing. So you know, I don't always get like, points of crooks and crooks and crooks. They are where they are. They're all to make a living. Everyone is. And TV companies as well. Without them, we have no boxing. That's the truth of it. But the heavyweights get paid so much money, they have to be pay-per-view. The card itself, take away take away that, the card, you wouldn't pay for the rest of the card. Of course you wouldn't. But then it wouldn't be on pay-per-view. So let's just focus on that. I'm doing my best to avoid saying what I, what I really think. But, but I, I need to work. That's another problem, see, because we all need to work in the industry. You know, you want to be as honest as you can possibly be to to an extent. You're honest without slagging any, anyone off, any, any potential employee or, or revenue stream. And that, that that's that's the problem. Mm. There's, no, there's no one independent enough. 
you guys are independent, but if you start slagging everyone off, you're going to have access to anything. <laughs> exactly, yeah, it is, there it is. But you, know, but you learn from that, you know, and I, you know we all, everyone wants to feed their family, and that's yeah. the problem. Yeah, but you can be honest without being cruel, and I think if, if you know, if, if I think people are now more, are starting to get a little bit more realistic now, that you can take a bit of criticism, as long as it's not an attack at mm. people. Mm. Yeah. I agree. Um, moving on to the undercard then. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, we managed to negotiate that somewhat, okay. Um, Lee Selby. Now, I haven't, seen much heard much from Lee Selby in a while all you Wales is only very small so I mean I'm sure you know him very well and what he's been up no, to for George Cambosos I don't because how old is that he? was a joke sorry Welsh people please don't come after me I don't um, I said something about Barry either because <laughs> when he boxed Josh Taylor and Warrington uh, Josh Warrington sorry that's what he said he said you're not a bad man you're from Barry do you remember yeah, that yeah you're not yeah. a bad man from Barry he said and I so I was on, on boxing at the time so I said um well, people, because I, people, and I was defending, I was defending um, Selby. I don't know Lee Selby at all. Just say hello to, but I don't know him. But I say, well, Paul, he's not about like it's a little uh, tranquil seaside town. Barry's rough, but I didn't say it was rough. I said it was like I said something really stupid. Anyway, I got so on Twitter, all these people from Barry, <laughs> all gonna say from Barry, people from Barry, some people from Barry threat offered me out. Which sort of was counterproductive because I sort of proved my point. <laughs> but you don't know what he's on about and all the rest of it. Like, but I want. But they, they just seen a clip on social media. Me like saying Barry was a shithole. or so, I didn't say it. Shit, it was something like that. And they want that. I was saying it's a, it can be a rough area. Like mm. you know what he's like. He walks on seaside, holding hands on the beach every day. Ooh, it's not little valley. And they go like Wales. Oh, he lives in a little little valley. You go and live in one of those valleys. See how you get on. Mm. They fight them every day. Mm. Do you know what I mean? It's rough. Look mm. at Liam Williams. He's a yeah. raving lunatic. That's not, he wasn't born that way. That's his environment's made him like that. It's a tough place to live. And they're tough men. That's the truth of it. No, they ain't city boys like Cardiff. You know, they can't come to my city <laughs> before. I'll be put them to sleep. Not me personally. I, 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 I talk them to sleep. Go 10 rounds. Yeah, I take them all so I beat them on points. But yeah, but that would that, be probably it. But yeah, so that's, that was it. But, but yeah, so Lee Selby, like, he's, he's a talent though, Lee Selby. And, and you know, one of them was bringing down lights and, and the weight maybe was a factor, but what one of them was technically and tactically really good mm. that night. I worry about Selby. The advantages he had to the featherweight being so tall and long reach and, and he got away with some frailties in his makeup, but he's still a quality fighter. He's tough. And he's experienced. And he hasn't really had loads of wars either, though he is getting on in, in he's been around for a while. I still think it's what he's got left in this fight more than what Cambosis 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 well he I've seen I've seen him a little bit on on YouTube and in a fight with Mickey Bay yeah and, and for some of the some of the wins some of the stoppages and, and he looks basic-ish you got a lovely uppercut which the one that put Bay down and and so there's things he could do but it's about Selby's makeup if Selby can be seventy percent of the Selby that we've seen at his best which was a long time ago now mm. to be honest let's be honest. Then I think he does the job, Selby. I think he unboxes him quite comfortably. But again, he doesn't have those advantages where he can dance around and flick you to that long jab and keep you arranged. Because that long jab is not so long anymore. Because the guys are five foot nine now, they're not all five foot six. So there's a difference. So he, he, he's, he, but he's had to adapt a little bit. And he hasn't adapted as good as some other fighters have moving up in weight. Winner of that fight becomes mandatory challenger for Tiafimo Lopez. Oh, you'd want to lose, wouldn't you? <laughs> <laughs> you want to well, Congratulations. Well, there's a good chance, as we as we mentioned um, in this podcast, that you could become mandatory challengers for a vacant belt. Yeah, and that's for Lomachenko instead. Yeah, hey, congratulations. Yeah, that'd be difficult. While we're on the, the subject of Lee Selby, somebody who I'm always very keen to talk about, obviously linked to, to Lee Selby, is his brother Andrew. Yeah. Um, 
for me, for my money, one of the one of the great wastes of talent, and that's not you know meant disrespectfully no, yeah. to Andrew, um, one of the great wastes of talent that we've seen in British boxing, certainly of recent years, um, one of the best, if not you know really up there with one of the best fighters I've seen ringside, in my opinion, Andrew Selby. Yeah. Oh. Oh no! You never see me fight, but no. As an amateur, no, he was brilliant. He was fantastic. Like as an amateur, just super, so skillful, so mm. naturally skillful. He stayed amateur too long, but then you couldn't understand. He was getting, he was on that that squad, so he was mm. getting wages, and and his style was suited to the amateurs. And at the weight he was, he never going to earn millions as a pro. I just think he waited too long to turn pro, and and yeah, I I, I don't want to see him box again. The last fight I saw him was an MTK show in Newcastle, mm. and he looked awful. Mm. And he had those couple of fights out in Dubai as well. Oh yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah. so yes, yeah, so, yeah. But he didn't. No, he looks not the shadow. So he's 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 working on muscle memory. I, I, I never I never said that word forever. And I said that well twenty times since I met you. But he, <laughs> he works on muscle memory. He's a reactive fighter, but once those reactions slow down a bit, you need to tag the hit. And I worry that he's going to start getting beat. By people way below his by level, people who wouldn't be able to literally wouldn't be able to lace his boots because uh, the, the a prime Andrew Selby was one of the hardest boxers to come up against, and and you know a puzzle for anyone it really was. And I just don't think it's a, he's a tough kid, and he, and he still has skill to beat a lot of people, but it's it's a horrible sport to stay around in. You start getting tagged and hurt. This is not the sport to stay around in. That's what I see, and it's hard because you, all you've known all his life is be, is boxing, and. Uh, we spoke this again the other week, didn't we? And, but what else do you do? But he's still young. You don't think he's young, but he's still young, so he could find another avenue. And it might still be in boxing in another in another area, of course. But I don't want to see him fight again. I don't. Like like Lee's okay because Lee's you know, stayed got, at the game for for the whole time. As and well. it's, Lee's still in the area of decent paydays mm. and potential big paydays. Again, that's another worry because you've got that potential big payday. Do you keep going on trying to look for that and get hurt along the way? But he's still at that level now where he's earned good money. Lee, to be fair, because mm. he at the beginning of that PBC money, wasn't he? But he yeah, yeah, good yeah. money. So he earned good money, and where he lives as well, that money will be more. And he's still earning decent money to keep going, so he can keep going for a little while. And he's not getting bashed up himself. Andrew you know, didn't earn that money. The money's not there for him at his weight and his level right now as, as well. So listen, he, he finishes tomorrow, and, and, he's, and he's had a great damage experience, and he could pass that, that knowledge on to other people. He would be an asset. But if he never fights again, I'd be happy. And he had a great career. Not as a pro, but as an amateur, one of the best Britain, Britain's ever produced. Sensational fighter, really is. Um, and if you're watching this and not not as familiar with, I mean, without being disrespectful, the other Selby yeah, yeah. Um, as he's become, then do have a look at um, Andrew Selby's amateur. And yeah, he showed glimpses as a pro. Obviously, not not necessarily the same fighter. Tommy McCarthy boxes for the vacant EBU title. Um, Tommy McCarthy's had a, an interesting kind of period of the last few years. He he came back and got that great winner uh, over in Italy against uh, Fabio Turkey. Yeah. Turkey? 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 He boxed this past weekend, actually, Turkey. Um, yeah, so interesting avenue for him and a really good time to be a, a cruiserweight in the UK. Lots yeah, of guys yeah, coming through. It is. And, uh, and he, again, the kids, no, I, I, I like McCarthy because he's a good, he's sort of good all-rounder mm. without doing anything exceptional. And he, you know, and he, he rebounds. That's that's what's good for him. And again, and again, no, he's boxing the vacant title against the Bilal Laguna. Laguna boxed. Um, he he, he do with Dimitro Kucha. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So he's, he's boxing kind of European level. Kucha was level. European champion for a while. But when you see his style, I think he's one of those fighters who looks easy to beat, but it's quite awkward. 
But I, th- I, th- I think McCarthy had no trouble with him. I think with McCarthy, you've got to whack him. Mm. That's what we saw in the Richard React Yeah, fight. I think you've got to whack him. I think I think that, yeah, one of those. I think once you whack him, it gets him out of his rhythm. And he's done, I think, awkward styles because he was a good amateur McCarthy. I think that awkward style thing, he'd be all right. So I was expecting to win. And, all of a sudden, and again, but more of the vision because all of a sudden, no, you know, you do skin to Rackport and you think you got to do a rebuild. It's been a short rebuild, hasn't mm. it? He went over to Whitley, got that win. Yeah, he gets the European title fight now, and he's ahead of the game. Mm. Well, not, yeah, but he is, isn't he? he, he he's we could he's quite a bit feasibly get the uh, Reactpools um, vacated the British title, so we could feasibly get yeah. a re- the the rematch for the European title if he is indeed successful. Um, we spoke about recycling and reinventing heavyweights. Dave Allen versus Christopher Lovejoy. Never heard of him. Let's get his record up. He's nineteen and 0, 19 KOs, I believe the. Um, the boxing encyclopedia that is Ron Lewis pointed out that the one fighter he has boxed with a winning record was also boxing at featherweight not that long ago. <laughs> and he is, a, he is a heavyweight himself. Um, yeah, God. Oh, no. So he's actually the boxing encyclopedia. Ron Lewis may have got somebody else for that. But anyway, these kind of records and these guys coming in under these these circumstances I mean an American heavyweight who's never boxed outside of Tijuana it's interesting isn't it it is it's the fact that you, know, you tend to think at whatever level you still knock 17 people out or whatever it is you know, so 19 and 19. now 19 so you, you tend to think you know, there's still 90 people who he stats to whatever level they are so he must have some sort of power obviously but at what level at what level yeah so it's either a fight that makes that <laughs> I, I I worry about Dave Allen to be honest I do too, so you can carry Cause, on. Because he's, he's a likeable kid, talks really well, knows the sports, knows, he's a good fighter as well. But that's the problem being a heavyweight. There's always that hope. One fight can change your career, you move on to the next level. He don't beat anyone above the level. He's tried to, he's, this is, he's lost to good people. But where'd you put him in Britain? I mean. Maybe the lower end of the top ten, maybe exactly. So, and because of his size, and the, and does he go any more further now mm. at any point? Unless it's a really bad. No, that's so I'm saying. It's we're spoiled for quality in Hayways at the minute. Mm. He's still a money, but does he become a punch bag when he's not? Doesn't deserve to be a punch bag. No, he, I mean he has not enough skill to not be that, but he's too small. So he can never be nothing but that if he's going to step up a level. I don't know. Not punch bag. That's a terrible word to use. But you know, he's he's always going to come second best. But then a win like this elevates him on a spill on a bill like this and a win like this will elevate him to a level where he can fight. He'll probably get like a Huey Fury fight or something for the British like title. Yeah. Well, the Huey Fury would be one of the better ones for him because mm. even though he gets out boxing, he might well, that, get hurt. That, that was yeah, exactly. But Style wise, that's, that's and, not and he might get knocked up by Huey Fury. Huey Fury can punch hard, and what what people think of Huey because Huey's still like, no, he's only what's well, so Huey's only mid twenties now, isn't he? 25, 26, exactly. I think, yeah. You know what I mean? Hurt Kubrat Pulev as well. Huey Fury, Hurt Kubrat Pulev. Yeah, right hand. And he'll start mature now in the next five, four or five years. He's still got a long way to go. Yeah, Fury, he turned pretty young. Even looking back, and look back now, but you, you, to bar it's him, size, 
Joyce, the physical strength of Joyce and the size. You know, Chisora even now is the, the end of his career. So the David, David Price. David Price is, always, is a good barometer for kind of British level and above, I think, at yeah, this stage of, course, of his yeah. Obviously, and again, it kind of goes back to it's all relative in boxing and that's certainly no disrespect to David Price. I mean, a lot of fighters would love to be British title level and, you know, the the, yeah. the lines between British and European and world is, is as blurred as they've ever been. But we saw how one-sided that fight was. Dave sat across from me on the first podcast that we did in here with, with Michael Watson um, and told me that, you know, after that fight, he couldn't feel his legs and he couldn't, you know, he yeah, thought he was yeah. potentially paralysed. And, 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 you know, it's bad enough for any way to get hit. The punches have an effect. After you retire, they have an effect. So mm. I don't think about, no, he'd be fine now. He'd be, but being much smaller than these naturally bigger guys and getting whacked in the head all the time, how does that affect you when you're 40? 50. You won't care about it now because you're a young man, but it will have an effect on you. Because I'm like, I'm I'm almost 50 now all of a sudden. Where did that go? You know, but, and, but, and I've taken hundreds of thousands of hunches. Well, I took seven, actually. <laughs> just, all, just all from Asselino Freitas. Yeah, yeah. No, but you don't know, but I had a long amateur career and they had fights. So, you know, and but it was as a kid when, you, when, you, when, you, when your brain cells are still you know, growing and, and, and reproducing. But, mm. It has an effect on you. It has an effect. And my body feels the effects now. I think, you know, he's a big guy getting whacked. That's my worry for him. And he's done hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of rounds with, like, outside of the fights that we've had. And he's, yeah. I mean, just look at the fights that he's had. It's like kamikaze matchmaking times 100. But, I mean, you look at the rounds that he's boxed in, you know, in the gym with your Anthony Joshua's, your Fraser Clark's, your Joe Joyce's, and, you know, Tyson Fury, recently, Alexander Usyk. But also, I don't know the kid. Why do I care about him? But no, I don't care about Jazora getting whacked on the head. Mm. What, what what does that say? What does that say about me? I care about him because I, I but somewhere I see potential damage with David. Not, it doesn't show it now, but I somewhere I don't know why I see like potential damage being caused to David Allen and not Jazora. I don't understand. He's bigger, maybe. I don't know why that is. But why do we say about all heavyweights to keep going on? It's it's it's. I don't know why I'm saying it about him. Good luck to him, actually. Forget what I said now. I'll start again. Good luck to him. No, it's a it is fight. definitely this, a valid point, though, and it's something that I've had. I mean, we can we can talk as openly as we want because I I did this with Dave after on the first podcast. It's available to watch on Boxing Social, so it is definitely a valid point. I mean, not not necessarily my concern. I do believe that he will beat Christopher Lovejoy. I, I watched Christopher Lovejoy have a little workout in Vegas. Um, wasn't blown away. Obviously, pads and bags don't hit back. But what if he don't? This is the thing. Then, then when, then where does he go? You, you become a, you know, renter knockout essentially. It, or, or is it an off night? You go, listen, I didn't know the crowd. You've got to make excuses, and some, some of them are genuine. All excuses are genuine, actually, to be honest. But you know, but in reality, you've just you're still being caught, still being hurt at a level where where you know you should be beating these guys. And that's what. And so you just this little worry about. I have a little worry about Dave Allen. I don't know why. It's just some niggle in the back of my head. Yeah, that I worry about his, about his safety. For me, it's it's where where you know everyone wants to be a world champion, of course. And in the heavyweight division, don't clip what? don't clip this up now. With no, a big we title won't. Saying like I worry about Dave Allen's welfare. Like I did going, I worry about yours when I see you. <laughs> <laughs> you might see him this week. <laughs> it's a good point. Um, but yeah, but that's... No, but it's a valid point. But where you know, everyone wants to become a world champion, you mentioned like heavyweight division. Yes, you're one or two punches away from glory at all times. If he would have beaten David Price, he was going to box Alexander Povetkin, which is just incredible when you think about the last six months 12 months or kind of post david price rolling into i mean pavet can beat huey fury beat him well yeah and then he obviously knocked out dillian white and you kind of think that like 
if you're a heavyweight, you could sit, obviously, I'm a heavyweight uh, in weight, but not in, you know, I'm not a heavyweight boxer, where you can understand the lure of something like that. It's not, with the greatest respect, like a super featherweight or a lightweight where you're going to have to go in and outclass someone potentially for 12 rounds. to be a boxer, this is where where promoters get stick in in the industry. Because to be a boxer, you have to be an eternal dreamer. Most boxers come from a constant state poverty, whatever. That's just the way it turns Mm. out. Because if you didn't, why would you want to fight? It's just ridiculous. So, where we come from to where we end up, like champion of the world, British champion, you're on TV, that's enough. You know, all these things are, wow, look, changed my life. Just changed my life overnight. If I never earned another penny from boxing, the things I've seen as an amateur and as a pro and the places I've been and the people I've met, I, where would I have experienced that mm. if I didn't box? From where I grew up from. From not out of prison, not me personally, but people know, you know, because I wasn't really that type. But you no, know, that's low most boxers. I'd be prison, I'd be dead, or whatever, you know, I'd be on drugs, or I'd be thieving, or whatever it would be, I'd be a bully, whatever. And so it changes your, your whole projection of life, and you're thankful for this. You have to you have to dream. That, and it's almost an impossible dream, because how do you get from there to there? It's just, there's no clear path to see it. Mm. It's just, well, just by punching people in the end until I'm good enough, then no one hits me back and I beat everyone. Mm. You've got to beat everyone up until you get to this. Just, that's not going to happen. And sometimes it do. And you're grateful for it. But you're dreaming. So when, when a promoter offers you a certain fight, but if you beat this one, you go for here. So then you don't think about that fight. You think, oh, if I win that, I'll be there. And if this and that, if this happens, and if he breaks his leg, and if his cat dies, and he can't go, he has, to go, he has a cat funeral, and he has to go to the cat, and he can't make the way in. So I chip in there late, no this, and that's and and you and and you go through all these stupid little things in your head, and to get and you and they lure you in that way. So 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 then if you win a world title, you thank your promoter. He don't care about you. I mean, he does not not care. I'm not saying he doesn't. He doesn't have a duty to care. He's not doing it for you. He's doing it for his business. And and so that's why it can be sometimes you callous because you know he'll just keep you no know, if he wins now, even if say he has a hard fight and gets dropped twice, gets up and wins, it's great, great TV. But he knocks out the kid who would knock nineteen out, nineteen and oh, he knocks him out. Clearly has power because he put me down twice. I'm hurt. I get up and I knocks him out. Then I get a big fight. I get another big fight, another big pay per view fight. But I've been hurt again by a guy really who might be crap. Mm. And then, but I get a bit of a big fight against another guy who might hurt me what if I win that by accident alright by definition then you become a good fighter because you're beating good people but somewhere down the line you're going to get up against a level where you're no good and get seriously hurt am I making sense yeah here? of course yeah definitely and yeah. that's where you know, people in the sport who are intelligent can use your dreams to engineer you and, and whisper in you great keep doing that keep doing that keep going there I, I'm not bitter it's not like, no, but so it's reality. Yeah, yeah. No, no, and, and, I'm not busy you, about you, the sport, you are, you're, so I'm just being honest. No, about exactly. It. And you are more qualified to speak about yeah. that than than most or anybody, or just as qualified as anybody. So sometimes being in a technology made, you have to be that, and that's the beauty of the sports because you go from somewhere to from nowhere to somewhere. All of a sudden, you go from nobody to somebody. But also, those dreams can be used to put you in a situation that you probably shouldn't be in. No one's looking out for your best interest, and because you're an adult, and that's like in any anything, like any job in life. You're an adult, you look after yourself. But because you had a dreamer, because you, you know, you're still a bit, when you're in boxing, you're still a big kid, really. Let's be honest, until you retire, you don't grow up until you retire. And you're always chasing that last penny. And if you and, and, and you're always chasing that, and you've had a decent payday, if you've been on TV, then you want to be on TV again. Because who, who don't want to be on telly? Who don't want to be famous? I don't particularly want to be famous, but you know, especially the modern kids, now everyone wants to be famous. Being famous is more important than being rich. 
now. Being famous is more important than being a champion nowadays. Mm. That's the crazy thing. Mm. That, that, because actually, that probably makes more money being famous than just being a champion. That's why YouTubers are boxing on telly and reality TV stars are turning pro. And because you know, that's it, it's a vehicle like that that's a, as a financial game. Mm. Whereas, you know, when I turn pro, I say it about Ollie Harrison. Why, the reason I think Ollie Harrison never become... He did a brilliant podcast with Steve Bunch recently, actually. And then... I didn't mention another podcast on, the pod, on your podcast. <laughs> on your podcast. Yeah, on my podcast. <laughs> but is that... When he was... He said, I seen an interview and he said, when I was young, I always wanted to be famous. And I picked up on that and I went, that's why he didn't make it. Because he, he had all the physical attributes. He had everything. He was a brilliant boxer. Six foot six, a southpaw. How did you not become a world champion? He had it all. He had everything to make himself a champion. Because... When I was a kid, I just wanted to be a champion. I didn't want to be famous or rich. Those things didn't 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 think about. Didn't know what didn't know what rich and famous was. Didn't, didn't care about that. When you care about money when you're a kid, who knows what famous is really when you're a kid? But now things are different. So everyone's thinking about they want to be rich and famous rather than a champion. So perspective have changed. So once you've had a little taste of the limelight, you don't want that to go. I would imagine, and that's where I worry about Dave Allen. I lost. I thought you lost my way there. That's fine. No, well, I think it. I think it made sense. Um, and kind of you mentioned that once you've had a little taste of it. I mean, boxing, in my opinion, again, not boxed. Um, but even from my experiences in my job, it gives you a buzz even from outside of the ring that you yeah, can't get from anywhere else. So I can only imagine what it's like for for people who have, you know, not only boxed at this level but have boxed all the way up from that level and trying to kind of walk away or pull yourself away from something like that oh. must be impossible. You boxed like. Having 10 people call your name, great. Having 10,000, I've never had this. It must be amazing. Having 8,000, like, you can't, like, but having, I've had thousands. Obviously, I boxed in front of thousands of people. I boxed on, on, on one of the biggest bills of all time at one stage, of, like, was uh, Old Trafford. Mm. I was on early. Mm. There was only five fights in the whole night, so it was pretty full. But just being there, and, you know, and having, or having look, hundreds and thousands of people, a couple of thousand people call, they'll come to an arena to watch you. You know, it's just like, where do you you can't replicate that anyway so you want to keep it forever if you can if you can bottle it up you want to just start bottling it up and just you know drink it every like once a week to make you feel good about it's yourself it's chasing the high isn't it and it's you know it's the a, boxing yeah, yeah. the boxing bug I always I always tell people that that boxing is like an addiction and in, in a sense of in you know in the same way to a lot of other addictions, you always talk about quitting and leaving it and, oh, I'm sick of it, but you can't live without it. And that's always a, a, something that I'm always forever hearing from fighters. And, you know, everybody gets, uh, I watched that, Tris, I'll mention another podcast, Tris Dixon's podcast, Boxing Life Stories, he's just done with Paul Smith, where he said that every kind of, you get like a cycle where, Boxing's great. Boxing, you're like, oh, I started to not really like it now, yeah, and then yeah, yeah. then you get to a point where you just hate it, but you can't let go of it yeah, because it's yeah. all you know. I mentioned it like it's like a first love. However toxic that relationship is, however bad it was, whatever the, you know, the reasons why you're not in it anymore, the genuine reasons, you will still somehow never forget it, and still, if you can, want to go back to it. That's the way it is. That's the way. Like, boxing was my first love as you go, so that's where that's why I'm always always tied up to it. But it's like that. You know, even in a bad relationship, you love that person, you can't let it go, but you know it's no good for you. And boxing can be like that. You know it's no good for you. It's just for your mental state, it drives you mad. Even me, I'm out of boxing now, but I'm still around boxing people mm. who are not always the nicest of people. Now, as Paul said this in the podcast, as much as, the, uh, I listen to it also, as much as you meet your lifelong friends in boxing, I haven't, 
I was really jealous about that. But unless you meet lifelong friends and, and some fantastic people, you also meet the most horriblest people you'd ever want to meet in your life through mm. boxing. That's truth. Yep. So why would you want to put yourself around those people? But you still do because you love this. Because you love for the sport, it's so great that you just that you can forget about all the bad stuff and just focus on the good stuff. And that's what you keep fighting. That's what the, the dreaming thing. You just forget about all the bad stuff. When you retire, you forget about all the bad shit, all the hard nights of training, all the stuff and making the weights and all of all the crap, the things that boxers hate to do. Just remember the good things. When you win and everyone's calling your name and you're the king of the world and everyone loves you and you know you can get and the, and the girls who wouldn't speak to you will talk to you and ask who your friend is. But <laughs> 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 all us, all that, you know, people patting you on the back, people you know saying you no. Know, like when you're from a council estate and you win a world title, you could have a nuclear physicist. You could have a Nobel Prize winner living in the same street. No one give a shit about him. But you, being a world champion or good at sports in a in a in a in a working, working class, class environment, is everything. So you can't do any wrong. You, no, no, you can't. You can't do any wrong. So it's just, and and when you're from a community like I was, which is quite close, then. You, you, the love you got you haven't got you know, you're not arrogant no, good thing people won't let you be arrogant which is great but you know like people respect people look after you you know no one's, no one's going to start on you and it's, it's just like it's just brilliant so like, it's just you can't just, look at this look at that made it now just, you just feel you feel you made it there so you step outside your environment you think wow this is different but then and then but then for superstars like Carl Zaggy they, they get it like the Lennox they get it nationwide internationally wide you know, worldwide and and all, how would you let that go because you've forgotten about because the next big thing comes up and all that and some fighters they've still even the ones who like most fighters by the way you haven't earned money that's the same about Dave Allen thing they haven't earned enough money to retire like I never I didn't like to get a job that's another thing imagine being a world champion one month and the next month you go and get a job one month a couple of years later you go and get a normal job you're like oh god mm. where do I get a job now it's, that's the worry about you stay on for too long and that was that's the whole thing going back to Dave Allen was worry that he stays in the sport longer than than he should I know he's still a young man now but I I just worry I worry about him I don't know why him in particular maybe because he's good looking I think that maybe you know with a bit of luck he might find me as attractive as I find him and we could be a happy couple let's not go down that route you don't um, know do you uh, yeah I, I, well I know enough to, about Dave to know he probably might be interested um, but anyway Thanks very much for popping by again for uh, the Boxing Social Podcast, <laughs> Barry Jones Social Podcast. Um, always a pleasure. Do appreciate you um, helping us out while Mr. Dave Allen is, well, he's actually paranoid about getting COVID after Christian Hammer caught COVID. So Jamie Moore has him locked in his own white rhino bubble, which I'm <laughs> not really <laughs> not really liking the sound of that. I, I felt like Dave and his white rhino bubble could stay by themselves. Um, but no, we do appreciate you popping by, Barry, as always. Um, nice. The WBO super lineal, super featherweight, undisputed kingpin, Barry Jones. Thanks That's very right. much for speaking to Boxing Social. See you in a couple of weeks, probably. <laughs> <laughs> 